Bring our teams have a lot to think about for 2023. Should they go outlaws, all-stars, high limit, pick and choose? We'll look today at how the schedules fit together and what the money picture really looks like for the various options. Let's go. It's Tuesday, December 27th. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. Right now, sprint car teams and drivers around the country are trying to decide what their 2023 plans are going to look like. I mentioned yesterday that we have just one official all-star team declaration with Scotty Thiel and Premier Motorsports. The Outlaws have two official in James McFadden with Roth and Noah Gass. And High Limit has three with Kyle Larson, Rico Abreu, and Buddy Kofoid with CMS. That leaves a lot of drivers and teams who have yet to say anything publicly about what they'll do. And under normal circumstances, you wouldn't necessarily get press releases from a lot of teams about their plans. But with so much chatter about teams evaluating options and all of the things you've heard, you can be sure that any public uh, declarations will get some sort of attention. In all of this, I wanted to dive back into some of the numbers and see if we could get an idea on what the factors are that teams will be looking at and how all of this will play together in 2023. We've seen the World of Outlaws point fund and their bonus program. The champion could get as much as $350,000, while down to 12th would get $52,500. That's on top of race winnings and tow money available through the season. We also know about the four and eight race restriction rules. Remember, they can run up to four races, still be eligible for the full points fund. Uh, If they run eight races, they'll be eligible for the point fund, but not the bonuses and anything outside of that, they lose their status. With the All-Stars, their champion earns um, $80,000, with 12th getting $8,000. Their drivers get $300 a night in tow money. Returning teams get an additional $25 per night. The top five runners get a $100 bonus per race, and the champion gets an extra $100 per night. Membership costs $1,500 with the All-Stars, but that is refundable with perfect attendance. The series does actually sometimes impose restrictions. You know, We hear all the time that the All-Stars don't impose restrictions, but they actually do. They actually have the ability to do that. They just don't do it very often, and I think it was maybe used twice in 2022, I heard. And then with high limit, no tow money, no bonus money, the champion gets $30,000 with 10th getting $5,000. Standard races pay $1,500 to win and $23,000 to start. They also have two $50,000 to win and $2,000 to start races. Obviously, no restrictions of any kind here, uh, and this series is meant to kind of be in addition to the other series. This is just another option. Uh, This isn't something where someone would just run high limit full time because that's only 12 races. The next consideration between these three series is the schedule. We've already documented the outlaw schedule versus high limit. The only race that's really not doable for outlaw teams on the high limit schedule is Tulare, which is why they made it non-points at the start of the year. I had not yet taken a look, though, at the high limit schedule versus the All-Stars to see if those guys could run this deal for points. And really, after looking at it, they probably can't. All-Star teams could run to Larry if they really wanted to, as it's 10 days before the points opener at Attica. I doubt that will happen, though. It's a long way to tow for the All-Star teams. Lakeside, 34, and Kokomo are all doable, uh, just with where they land on the schedule, kind of in reference to that Attic weekend. Attica to Lakeside is three days apart, 12 hours drive. Things start to get weird, though, with Wayne County. It's in between Wilmot in Wisconsin and Outlaw Speedway in New York, May 13th, then to the 16th, and then to the 9th. Doable, but it would take some hustle. Granite City also feels kind of similar. Port Royal on May 28th for the Wiker, Granite City on the 31st, and then Beaver Dam on the 2nd. Uh, Eagle in Nebraska, again, between Plymouth and Attica. Uh, Similar kind of weird, not really in between, but still doable. 
Where this thing goes off the rails, though, if all-star teams want to try for high limit points is Grandview. The All-Stars are at Red Hill Raceway in Illinois on July 23rd, while High Limit at Grandview is on the 25th. The All-Stars are then at Benton Speedway in Missouri on the 26th. That's basically impossible. 13 hours from Red Hill to Grandview, almost 15 hours from Grandview back to Benton. That is absolutely not happening. The final four races, though, are all doable from there. Houston's is three days before Outlaw Speedway in New York. And then the final three, Lernerville, Bridgeport, Lincoln Park, are all after the All-Star season ends. So you'll definitely get uh, some all-star teams at high limit shows throughout the season, but nobody is going to be able to run for both championships because missing a show is just going to kill you in the points. Uh, I also wanted to do some comparisons between series full-time drivers and pick and choose drivers based on 2022 earnings. Because besides the schedule, money will definitely be a deciding factor as these teams make choices for 2023. Back on December 13th, I did a show about sprint car purse money and I used the top 30 drivers from the SprintCarRatings.com list and their earnings. I took that same data in a spreadsheet, added in the Outlaw and All-Star points fund and bonus money and tow money for each driver so we can compare the different scenarios. As has been talked about ad nauseum, Brent Marks was the highest earner in sprint car racing in 2022, taking down more than $640,000. He's the name that continues to get brought up by everyone when they start complaining about money. He ran a pick-and-choose schedule, he got to be home uh, you know, more weekends, and led the country in cash. And it's true, even if you add in the outlaw point, funny, uh, point fund and bonus money, Marks was still about $50,000 ahead of Brad Sweet. It's not necessarily that simple, though. Never mind the fact that Marks won $276,000 of that in one four-day period at Eldora. He also ran 11 more nights than Sweet did to earn that money. Marks raced 83 times in 2022 to Sweet's 72. Donnie Schatz, David Gravel, Logan Schuhart, Spencer Basin, James McFadden all also ran 72 races for the year. So if you average Marks' winnings out over 83 races and then compare the per night total compensation, uh, on average, Marks is actually third behind Sweet and Schatz. Sweet was at nearly $8,300 a night for the year, shots at $8,100, and marks at $7,700. Obviously, the big difference there is the point fund and bonus money. And this was in a season where both Sweet and shots were down with only five wins each. If we go off the idea that it cost the top teams something like $10,000 a night to open the door on the trailer, yes, marks won $50,000 more than Sweet, but he spent an extra $100,000 plus to do it. And then here's the part where the audience says to me, but Justin, Marks traveled less than Sweet did for the year, so it makes more sense for him. And you'd be correct. Marks ran a good portion of his schedule around central Pennsylvania, but he'd have to be spending $1,500 less per night on average than the top outlaw teams to make the costs even. That's $125,000 less over the full year. Marks ran 35 races away from Pennsylvania, so while his travel costs were certainly less, they weren't $125,000 less. And the rest of his team costs were actually higher because he needed more things like more tires, more fuel, etc. for those 11 extra nights he ran. The other example from Pennsylvania is Anthony Macri. Third on the season in total race winnings behind Marks and Shots. But again, how often do you want to race? Macri ran 93 times to earn his $413,000. He was 8th in total earnings on the year and 13th in total compensation per night at just shy $4,500. In the top 10 in average total compensation per night, six are Word of Outlaws drivers, one is an all-star driver, and then three are pick-and-choose. The pick-and-choose drivers here, obviously Brent Marks, and then the other two are Kyle Larson and Lance DeWeese. 
Larson made $207,000 in 28 nights, and Deweese made $204,000 in 41 nights. If you're going to fall off a series and go pick and choose, you both need to find ways to win as much as possible, but also cut costs. Those things, though, don't normally go hand in hand. The other consideration here, especially for the top outlaw teams, is merch sales. No status with the outlaws means no midway space for that merch trailer. That's potentially a six-figure problem for them. All right, before we close out, I've got two nuggets for you on this before we move on. Logan Chuhart finished sixth in the outlaw standings uh, and had seven wins in 2022. Adding in his point fund and bonus money, he made $21,000 more than Anthony Macri did, and he raced 21 fewer nights. So more money, less racing. Also, Brock Zierfoss finished the season with less race winnings than Rico Abreu, Gio Selzy, Aaron Reitzel, Danny Dietrich, and Brian Brown. That's race winnings, just, just purse money from the races. Of those five drivers, though, only Dietrich ended up ahead of Zierfoss in total compensation when you add in his outlaw cash. But Dietrich only beat Zierfoss by $28, and to do it, he had to run 16 more nights than Zierfoss. Zierfoss topped all five of those guys in average total compensation per night. And that was with Zierfoss finishing 10th in the Outlaw standings with just a single win. As much as they talk about not racing with a series, I'm not sure how you see this information and not run with the Outlaws or All-Stars in 2023, especially if you're one of those top teams. The question will be whether teams are prepared to risk guaranteed money in the hopes that they strike it rich at just a few shows by getting those big wins. All right, just this morning, we've had another driver declare as a full-timer with the World of Outlaws Lay Model Series. Missouri driver Parker Martin is joining a growing field of full-timers that is now up to 13 officially and will most likely be at least 14. Over the past three seasons, Martin has made 23 appearances with the Outlaws with a best finish of 14th that came at Volusia in 2021. He closed out 2022 with all three nights at World Finals, making the feature on the final night. Martin joins Brandon Shepard, Tanner English, Max Blair, Boom Briggs, Chris Madden, Pete Freeman, Nick Hoffman, Gordy Gundaker, Ryan Gustin, Brent Larson, Todd Cooney, and Dustin Walker as official full-timers. We've still got nothing public from reigning champion Dennis Erb Jr. We're just about three weeks away here from the official start of the Outlaw season. Uh, and last night, the iRacing World of Outlaws sprint cars uh, reached the halfway point in their season uh, following last night's race at Peavely. Like last week's show at Lincoln Speedway, this was the first time that Peavely has appeared on the Sprint Car Pro Series schedule. Alex Bergeron continues to lead the championship, although his, uh, his advantage is smaller after last night's main event. Swindell Speed Lab driver James Eden started on the pole of that feature and got out to the lead early, but his time in front was short-lived. Third starting Timothy Smith took over and was out front for much of the rest of the laps. Nobody really seemed to have anything from him, though, but he ended up making a late mistake that let Eden slip by for the victory. It was Eden's first win of the year, and Smith had to settle for second with Dylan Yeager in third. Points later, Bergeron finished seventh after starting fourth, uh, but his two closest rivals in the standings both finished ahead of him in Smith and Tyler Shell. So headed to Fairbury next Monday night, the gap is now 26 between uh, Bergeron and Shell, with Smith 34 back in third. An interesting note from last night as well, several drivers, including Logan Rumsey and Mason, uh, Mason Hannigan, were absent because they are in the Tulsa uh, this week for the Tulsa shootout. More examples of iRacers who also compete in dirt events in real life. If we're looking at the streaming schedule, it's actually a fairly nice 24 hours across the streaming services here coming up. Flow Racing has the first day of the Tulsa shootout plus Flow 24-7. Clay Preview has sprint cars and super sedans across three different racetracks. There's also Dirt Vision now. To see the full daily streaming schedule, head over to dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. All right, that's it for the show today. Hope you have a good Tuesday. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be right back here tomorrow for more Dirt Tracker Daily. 